You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi folks, welcome to Let's Talk Photography episode 115. This is the show for April 2023 and I'm your host, Bart Pushots. It is a solo show this month and uh, if not for the first time ever, certainly for the first time in a while, this show is inspired by a news item. And it has me asking some pretty big questions. For a start, I've learned a new word that is perhaps going to take off or will perhaps be a flesh in the pan. I don't know if a year from now we will be talking about promptography. We might be. Uh, But questions we will definitely be asking ourselves, probably forever, is, is it art? And a related but more difficult question, is it photography? So, thinking about this, you can actually sort of zoom out and you can take a big picture view. And this has been something that's been plaguing photographers for basically forever. but. Before I go into the current um, sort of trigger for this, let's actually start at the new story I mentioned. So there is an international photography competition that is apparently quite prestigious called the Sony World Photography Awards. And they have a bunch of different categories. And one of those categories is creative. And a German photographer named Boris uh, Eldegson, I'm going to hopefully not too badly mispronounce it. Uh, he entered a photograph called Pseudomensia, the Electricia. It's anyway, it's um, it's a it's it's an image of two portraits. Actually, I'll give you the uh, description that Sony gave it when they announced this photograph as the winner uh, of the creative category: a haunting black and white portrait of two women from different generations reminiscent of the visual language of the 1940s family portraits. That's a pretty good description. Um, The thing is, um, Boris rejected his prize. He rejected his prize for a very good reason, which he explained in his open letter to Sony and the world, rejecting the prize. So rather than try to describe the story, uh, I am just going to read his open letter. Thank you for selecting my image and making this a historic moment, as it is the first AI-generated image to win a prestigious international photography competition, he shouted, photography in all caps. How many of you knew or suspected that it was AI-generated? Something about doesn't something about this doesn't feel right, does it? AI images and photography should not compete with each other in an award like this. They are different entities. AI is not photography. Therefore, I will not accept the award. I applied as a cheeky monkey to find out if the competitions are prepared for AI images to enter. They are not. We, the photo world, need an open discussion. A discussion about what we want to consider photography and what not. Is the umbrella of photography large enough to invite AI images to enter? Or would this be a mistake? With my refusal of the award, I hope to speed up this debate. Having been a photographer for 30 years before I turned to AI, I understand the pros and cons of this debate and will be happy to join the conversation. If you don't know what to do with the prize, please donate it to Photo Festival in Odessa, Ukraine. I will happily provide the contact details. Many thanks, Boris. So, 
Needless to say, there's been a bit of a hubbub created by this rejection. An awful lot of very sloppy stories, which sort of make it out like, you know, some guy just threw together a prompt in five minutes, entered in a photo competition and won, which is absolutely not what happened. Uh, And so needless, as you probably expect, there's been a whole back and forth. So there's a link in the show notes to Boris's full timeline of events and all of his various statements and everything. But there's a couple of choice quotes I sort of want to pick out because I think they are very important to the discussion. I have been, so this is Boris speaking again. I have been photographing since 1989, been a photo media artist since 2000. After two decades of photography, my artistic focus has shifted to exploring the creative possibilities of AI generators. The work for the Sony World Picture Award, uh, the, the work Sony World Picture Award has chosen is the result of a complex interplay of prompt engineering in painting and outpainting that draws on my wealth of photographic knowledge. For me, working with AI image generators is a co-creation in which I am the director. It is not about pressing a button and done. It is about exploring the complexity of this process, starting with refining text prompts, then developing a complex workflow and mixing various platforms and techniques. The more you create such a workflow and define parameters, the higher your creative part becomes. So I... You know, for anyone who thinks this is just literally, as he says, if you think it just push a button, no, there's a there's a heck of a lot of work went into this image. So whatever it is, it's not just something AI spat out. It's clearly human created too. Uh, anyway, another quote from Boris. I call my images images. They are synthetically produced using the photographic as a visual language. They are not photographs. And Boris also has a post throwing his weight behind a suggested new term for this kind of generated imagery. He suggests we call it promptography. Do you know something? I really like that. So all of that got me thinking. Well, what is art and what is photography? Um, I'm just going to shortcut here and say that I have no doubt whatsoever that Boris's work is a work of art. But the more difficult question is whether or not it's photography. But anyway, let's let's. Let's think about this, because this isn't a new question for the photographic medium. People have been kvetching about whether or not something is photography and whether or not something is art pretty much since the day photography came out. So in the 1800s, people were wondering whether or not physically manipulating a negative after you, you know, you shoot you shoot an image with a camera, then you doctor the negative and then you make prints. Is that a photograph? We've had composite images since the mid-1800s. Probably one of the most famous early composites uh, is an allegory, huge thing, called Two Ways of Life, uh, which was created in 1857 by the Swedish artist Oster Gustav Rehlander. Link in the show notes. Then you have a stunning, more recent um, work where uh, Jerry Ulesman combines multiple photographic negatives to make these amazing composite images. And then you have people like uh, Eric Johansson who do stunning work with Photoshop. So there's just so much going on just in terms of composite images all the way back to the 1800s. Then you have the whole question of HDR tone mapping and all that jazz, you know. You have you end up with one well-exposed image from many exposures of the same scene. Is that still photography? And again, this is so old. 
Now, the earliest example I can come up with is The Great Wave by French photographer Gustave Le Gray in 1857. He shot one image exposed for the sky and one image exposed for the ocean, combined the two, did a print, therefore it is a composite image that is effectively an HDR. Then you have hardware in-camera devices so that you can have different exposures for different parts of the same photographic negative. So Edward Muybridge invented something called the sky shade, which is imagine like a comb where each lay, where each bristle is individually adjustable. So you basically adjust this thing to the shape of your horizon and then you start your exposure with the sky shade in place so that the sky is blocked out but the land is exposing and then you remove the sky shade for the last bit of the exposure so that the sky gets a shorter exposure and if you do it all right and you get you end up with an HDR style image where the sky and the ground are perfectly exposed but actually different parts of the negative had different exposures yeah really cool really clever is that photography and then of course you have the work by modern HDR artists like Trey Radcliffe you know is that photography and I've heard all sorts of things. Oh, it's not art, it's not photography. Then you have, you know, digital image filters. Do you remember the time when Instagram was all the cool thing? You take an ordinary photograph, you shove a filter on it, and you call it art? Was it? Hmm. Certainly controversial at the time. Now we're into this whole computational photography era. I mean, I've talked about this a lot on the show, where you have these complex image pipelines. So you, you do have sensors, you do have lenses, you do have cameras, but... You know, it all gets mushed together to produce automatic HDR. You can even do post-exposure changes in the photograph, like refocusing or changing the depth of field after the fact. You can have some cameras do things like automatically make a composite. If you take a group shot, it will take lots of exposures and it will pick and choose different faces from different exposures so that everyone has their eyes open and no one's pulling a silly face. That is composite, you know, a composite image, but it's being done by some sort of intelligence, some sort of AI. Then you have AI editing tools, so automatic adjustments. You click the magic wand button. You have things like content-aware fill, where you delete a chunk of the image and you say to AI in Photoshop or whatever tool you're using, "Hey, fill that in with something plausible." And then, of course, you have the final chapter for now: generative AI, where you provide some sort of a prompt and an image is created out of effectively whole cloth that looks like a photograph. You know, but is it? So I'm going to jump straight to the easy question and get it out of the way. Is it art? Ah. Well, my hand-waving definition of art is if the end result is an image that required the creative input of at least one human, it's art. Now, that sounds very simple. It's a one-sentencer. Uh, but, of course, there's a lot uh, a lot of weight being pulled. There's a lot of devil in the detail in that little phrase, creative input. Hmm. Anyway, I still think it's a pretty good way of thinking about it. Uh, so I don't look at it as being a binary, yes, it's art, no, it isn't art, but sort of more of a spectrum. And it's more artistic if there's more of the human in it. It's the way I would look at it. So... If you take a really boring shot and you run it through an Instagram filter and is that art? Eh, on the spectrum of art, it's at the very, 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 very lowest end. Then you take something like an amazing Photoshop image created by uh, Eric Johansson or a stunning composite uh, by Jerry Ullsman or an amazing HDR by Trey Radcliffe. They took an awful, all of those images took amazing amounts of work and creativity. So they're definitely, definitely, definitely high on the art side of that spectrum. 
So of everything I listed and that entire controversy of photography going all the way back from the 1800s with physically manipulated negatives all the way up to generative AI, I am happy to say that it is all art. To more or less degrees, depending on how involved the human was. And then more or less quality, depending on how skilled the human was. But I'm happy to call all of it art, say all of it belongs in a gallery if it's of enough, if it's of sufficient quality. But is it photography? Because that's actually the point that uh, Boris was making when he rejected his prize. He wasn't saying it wasn't art. He was saying it wasn't photography. So I did a bit more thinking, and I, could I come up with a one-sentence definition of photography? I decided I could, but again, there's a, <laughs> a little bit of subtlety in the detail. But anyway, my one-sentencer. If the main focus of an image originated from the capture of light on a sensor of some kind, it's photography. Basically, did you start with photons of light? If you did, then I'm happy to say it's photography. Now, there's some hand-waving in there. The main focus of an image, right? So if you're using something like content-aware fill, that's not the main focus of the image that's being made up of whole cloth, right? That's a distraction being removed. So I'm happy to say that as long as the main focus of the image is something that came from a real rays of light being captured, then I'm I'm good with it. So again, it's a little bit hand-waving, but again, it, you know, it is more binary, this one. There is or isn't a photograph. You can't say it's a little bit of a photograph. But anyway, that, that's my definition. So if you really, 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 really stretch my definition, then if you, you, if you have an AI-generated image that uses an image as part of the prompt, then you could argue by my definition, so a photo, a photographic image as part of the prompt, then you could argue that the end result is also still a photograph, just about, because it started off with some photons captured in an image that was then fed into an AI and that is your, you know, to produce the final work. So I will concede that my definition needs a teeny tiny bit of wiggle room for AI generated images to be photography. But on the whole, I think the vast, vast, vast majority of imagery created with generative AI is not of that form. It is, it starts off with a prompt, which is some text. Text is not photon. So I would argue certainly that uh, Boris Eggleson's work is definitely not photography, as he indeed says. Because it started off with a paragraph of text he carefully crafted. Probably closer to being prose than it is to photography. As I say, I adore the term promptography. Who, who doesn't like a good portmanteau? So I'm hoping promptography takes off. And we have a name for these kind of photo-looking things that, you know, as, as Boris put it, use photographic language, but are not made by capturing light. So, yeah, they're not photographs. So... That's my thinking. Not the world's longest episode, but you know something? I actually think it took me long. No, I know it took me long. It took me an hour and a half to write these show notes. Uh, it took me half an hour to read all of the details beyond the terribly oversimplistic news stories that I first got linked to on Twitter. It took me a fair bit of reading to actually get to the detail and stuff. So anyway, I guess it's been two hours of preparation for a 15-minute podcast. Hopefully it triggers an hour of thought on your behalf. Next time you're out for a walk or a cycle, I'm hoping you, you think about how you feel about these things. Where is the line between something being art and something not being art? Where is the line between something being a photograph and not being a photograph? Am I talking absolute garbage in your opinion? Do you actually let me know? Um, 
if any of you are listening and you are fellow photographers and you fancy having a discussion with me on this topic, reach out. I am always happy to do a crossover show with other photographers or to have other photographers appear as photographers, other podcasters appear as guests on this podcast. Basically, if you are experienced talking into a microphone and have something interesting to say on this topic and would like to talk into your microphone with me, then reach out. You'll find all of the details at letstalk.ie. Speaking of letstalk.ie, my detailed show notes, which took me an hour and a half to write and 15 minutes to read, you'll find those at letstalk.ie, as well as the usual buttons in the sidebar to support the show. And I do, of course, want to thank absolutely everyone who does or has ever supported the show. Obviously, the financial support is important because my intention here is to create a podcast that breaks even and that does not rely on advertisers or sponsors. In fact, does not have advertisers and sponsors so that there can't be troublesome conflicts of interest and those kind of things. There are, you know, no troubling incentives. You know that what you hear is what I really want to say because there are no sponsors. There are no advertisers. There's no one to make cranky. It is for the listeners, supported by the listeners. And that's just how I like my podcast to be. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who has made that possible. So we really are within spitting distance of breaking even, approximately breaking even, which is fantastic. Uh, also, supporting the show doesn't have to be financial. Supporting the show is also, spreading the word is a fantastic way to support the show. Um maybe arguing with me about why I'm talking rubbish might be an interesting way to support the show too. As I say, I'm definitely, all of this stuff is deeply philosophical and I'm happy to have, in fact, some of my favorite conversations are with guests who disagree with me and who can have an adult conversation with people they disagree with. There's so much fun when that works out. That usually happens on the Apple show more than a photography show. But anyway, it, you know, an honest disagreement among well-informed, reasonable adults is so much fun. Okay, I've uh, prattled on for long enough. Time to let you all go back out there and start capturing some more images, making some more art, making some more photography. So uh, I've been your host, Bart Bouchot. You can find me at bartb.ie. Until next time, happy snapping. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, this is Dave Ginsberg. I'm the host of In Touch with iOS, a podcast that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and anything related to those technologies. Um, with my along with my co-host Warren Sklar, um, we in depth with a lot of great things that relates to iOS and and its technologies. I'd love to give you to give it a listen. Uh, you can find us at intouchwithios.com or we are in Apple Podcasts or any uh, podcatcher will be able to find us. Um, but uh, give us a listen. We'd love to have you listening to uh, those great technologies relating to iOS. Thanks. Thanks.